electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. God, people want to make friends is trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you, so call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Look, every day, the battle lines around here have become ever clearer. Either tech is winning or the banks, the industrials are winning and neither at the same time. Yeah, these two groups simply can't go up at once. When long-term interest rates behave, when they're quiet, like they were today, the cyclical sink and the techs find their footing. With is today's action, Dow plunging 234 points. That's got a lot of industrials and techs. S&P dipped 0.06%, but the Nasdaq gained... 0.76%. That was easy. When rates rise, well, then the cyclical soar and tech is dead and drumbeat grows ever louder. And we have to hear those obituaries like I used to write for years when I was a reporter about all of our friends in FANG. We got a reprieve from that today thanks to a sedate bond market. And that's a big deal, by the way, after seven straight weeks of higher rates, seven weeks of capital fleeing from formerly beloved tech stocks and taking refuge in the banks and industrials, although they're no longer cheap. But that's what happens when the economy booms. But this reprieve won't last as long as there are reasons for rates to keep climbing. Reasons like stimulus, a massive stimulus, or a stronger job market, or higher prices for everything under the sun, a.k.a. inflation. Right now, we've got plenty of reasons. There's tons of stimulus. Did you catch a check this week? A lot of my friends did. And uh, no, I, I know. I'm at that bracket where it's okay. It's okay. I'm at the bracket. I got the shot first. Anyway, and then about the only commodity that isn't flying is cocoa. Someone recommended Hershey this week because cocoa's not up. Uh, the unemployment rate, though, is still nearly double before what it was before the pandemic, which is why the Federal Reserve refuses to, to focus on inflation. Fed Chief Jay Powell keeps making the point that persistently high unemployment, especially among African-Americans and Hispanics, is much more dangerous than a temporary spike in inflation. And boy, do I agree with him. As I keep telling you, the bond market can't stand Powell's stance here. 
It's too bleeding hard for these tight money folk, which is why we keep seeing the steady drumbeat of sellers in all sorts of bonds. When that happens, hedge funds algorithmically, meaning just kind of like, well, almost mathematically drawing a conclusion, they dump consistently fast growers like tech, and they double down on more cyclical stocks like the industrials, and they go for the banks. But because the bond market took that breather today and rates didn't go up, we actually rolled back some of that action. That said, the inflationists, they're not going away anytime soon because they're true believers. And that means tech's not out of the woods until Powell's proven right about how inflation is transitory. His word, meaning it ain't going to last. All right, there's a pretty good place right now talking about Powell to kick off our game plan because Powell speaks on Monday, meaning there's a good chance bond yields will begin their eighth straight week higher. That's right. It could happen again. It's something that would undo today's action. Powell's on an important panel at the Bank of International Settlements discussing how central banks can innovate in the digital age. And I can already see the freak out because the bond vigilantes hate it when central banks get innovative. Oh, and if Powell says anything positive about cryptocurrency as an inflationary, anti-inflationary Think something as a hedge? Oh, no. We're going to get another rally in the Dow Jones Industrials accompanied by still one more beatdown in the tech-heavy NASDAQ. That's what happens if you say, you know what? I'm slightly worried about inflation. Of course, this rotation can't last forever. One day, rates will overshoot. Uh, and then we're going to, at the same time, get a crescendo of selling in tech stocks that makes them too enticing to ignore and that will be the moment to pounce big. We're clearly not there yet. If we were, I wouldn't be worried about some snooze fest of a panel on central bank innovation. Tuesday night, we get results from the most important company in the market. And no, no, I'm not talking about Apple or Microsoft or Amazon or even Tesla. I mean GameStop, the ultimate meme stock. What started as a war between a short-selling hedge fund and a core group of believers on Reddit particularly the Wall Street bets people, uh, has become a cause celeb for a whole new generation of investors. The gist of the bull case, a fellow by the name of Ryan Cohen, the co-founder of the wildly successful Chewy, which I backed full, full all the way, has bought 13% of the stock of GameStop. He's joined the board of directors and led the charge for the brick-and-mortar retailer to transform itself into a more of a digital enterprise. Well, the problem is... We don't have a clear read on what a digitally oriented GameStop, which has 5,000 brick and mortar stores, would actually sell, would actually do. Now, the, pull, the, you know, the bulls hope to learn on this call about Cohen's plan when the company reports. And if there's anything good at all about these results, well, I expect to see a ton of buying the next day. Now, like I told you before, I cannot concoct a scenario where GameStop stock is worth that much more than where it is right now. But maybe if they successfully morph into a one-stop shop for everything related to gaming and cryptocurrency, including esports and Bitcoin, they can attract more buyers. Of course, if the bulls don't get what they want, things could turn real ugly real fast. That same evening, we hear from Adobe, the digital media marketing titan. I always delight in hearing about how they're empowering so many businesses and individuals to channel their creativity into business. More than that, though, I love hearing how strong the numbers are. Unfortunately, the results are less important than the state of the Wall Street fashion show. If Adobe reports a great quarter and rates are soaring that day with the yield on the 10-year approaching 2%, then the earnings won't matter at all. I know Adobe deserves better, but to borrow my favorite line from Unforgiven, deserves got nothing to do with it. Wednesday brings a cavalcade of reports that I'd normally be very excited about, except both Jay Powell and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen speak in front of the Senate that day. So, again, what are we worried? 
the bond market. Okay, we hang on every word. If we don't get beaten up by the bond bullies, though, we'll have to focus on two retailers that are hot, hot, hot. RH, which is the chain formerly known as Restoration Harbor, and Grow Generation. That's a one-stop shop roll-up for all your hydroponic farming needs. You rarely hear these two mention the same sentence, but right now they represent the most exciting parts of retail. RH gives you high-end uh, home decor, uh, and I think it's going to be good. Grow Generation sells all the tools you need to become a humble marijuana farmer. I suspect they'll both report excellent quarters. Home furnishings are the most popular part of retail purchasing right now, which we saw from the incredible quarter Williams-Sonoma just delivered. And the cannabis culture? Well, let me just say, it's been an unstoppable force as state after state embraces legalization. We also get results from the uh, somewhat uh, placid General Mills. I like this one as a way to take the temperature of the pantry stocks. Uh, are they still on full bear market purgatory mode? Or now that the whole country's getting vaccinated, I think the reaction will be tepid. But then again, Smucker surprised the upside, and I like Hormel very much, so let's take a listen. Thursday morning, we get a read on the restaurant space. Now, this is one of those industries that's going through a radical Darwinian shift during the pandemic. And don't I know it, says the proud owner of the currently mothballed Bar San Miguel. I mean, you know, there are 150,000 restaurants have closed. 150,000 restaurants. I mean, well, what does that do? It means that the survivors should be in an incredible position, which is why I expect them to crush the numbers. So when Darden, parent company of Olive Garden, and if you sniff or sneer, I'll take you to mine on Route 10 and you're just going to love it. I wish they'd move those things, those games from the middle of the They get between me and my daughter when we go there. But I think that Darden's going to give you a very rosy picture. The stock's had a big run, but I think the scarcity value of the stock and the last man standing thesis make it really compelling. Friday, listen to this. Finally, we get some personal income and spending data on on Friday. If the spending numbers exceed the income numbers, that will give the inflationistas more ammunition, meaning they'll bang down bonds again, triggering itself in the tech and the rally in the industrials. It is just unnerving, this linkage. The bottom line, like it or not, stocks are joined at the hip with the bond market right now. The only way out, either tech stocks get too low, and there are some already there, but others with further to fall or long term interest rates get too high. Until that happens, the rotations just continue to play out. We aren't quite there yet, but I'm confident that we'll get there eventually because that's what always ends these vicious kinds of rotations. I need to go to Craig in California. Please, Craig. Hey, is this uh, Chill Master Jay? Yeah, you got me. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I just want to thank you real quick for all your years of entertaining us, informing us, enriching us, and investing with us. Well, thank you. I do the entertainment because it's one of the most god-awful, boring subjects on Earth, so i got to get people watch. And we got 16 years <laughs> on our belt, so maybe it'd be working. How do I get – how does the chill man help you? Uh, yeah, uh, I've got a bit of a question here. I've got a, a bit of a stake in, in a company. It's bumping up against an all-time high. Uh, trades around 20 times earnings, got a decent dividend. Uh, now, with theme parks reopening and movie theaters coming back, uh, what's your opinion? Uh, think about adding to Comcast, your parent company. What do you think, Jim? Well, I work for Comcast. Um, I uh, have stock of Comcast, and I think Comcast is a great long-term holding. And when my wife says to me, I don't know, Jim, you know, what are we doing with that Comcast? I always say the same thing, which is we're holding it. So I I can't say to her, we're holding it and tell you that we're doing anything other than holding it. And one day when she finds out I have this show, she is going to be shocked that I watch it. I think she has believes that I have a show that sells her leases none better olive oil. And I don't. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, Ryan in Ohio. Ryan. 
Hey, Mr. Kramer. Yes. I'm, I'm a lucky man. Talk to the master of the markets on my birthday today. Happy birthday to Ryan. Thank you very much, sir. But I'm calling you about the wonderful pick that you gave me for a reopening stock, Nike. After that earnings call last night, it sounds more to me like it's a shipping problem and they can't get the one hundred one hundred P. I told the boys at Action Alerts, my team, my research director, Jeff Marks and Zed, uh, Zed FEMA, that if this stock came down and we weren't restricted, we'd have to buy some. Why? Because it was it was container shortage and shipping congestion. Enough. It was a reason to buy, not sell. You got that right, partner. Happy birthday. All right, stocks are joined at the hip with the bond market. And I know a lot of the younger investors are saying, Jim, shut up about it. But I got to teach. This rotation we're seeing is unlucky. It's going to keep going. It's going it's to continue until either tech stocks get too cheap or long-term interest rates get too high. And we're getting there. Oh, man, buddy, tonight. In the beginning of the pandemic, consumers stocked their pantries, and we saw a surge in eating at home. But will investors continue to snack on uts as the economy reopens, or are they uts about it? I'm talking to the CEO to get a better read on the company's outlook. Then Upstart hit the ground running after the IPO in December, and its stock shot up nearly 100% in the last two days. Can the stock keep climbing? You better listen, because I think it can. I think it will go much higher. I got the CEO of Curtis. Plus, I'm talking to a cloud company that's helping roll out the COVID-19 vaccine. Don't miss my exclusive with one of my longtime favorites, Twilio. And stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or Give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible 
visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so what do we make of us brands? That's right. The uh, Some pretty confusing action there for the last couple of days. Terrific snack food company came public, merging with a SPAC last year. Since then, they've continued to make a bunch of smaller acquisitions. It's a roll-up strategy, which we like when it comes to SPACs. They bought Truco Enterprises. That's the company behind the red-hot on-the-border tortilla chips. That stock has nearly doubled since we started recommending it very heavily last summer. But yesterday, the company reported, and the results were, were a little perplexing. Uh, while the company delivered a solid set of numbers, it wasn't the ball many were hoping for, and the stock tumbled 4%. Today, though, Utz made up all those losses and then some, as investors circled back and focused on the best part of the report, Madison's full-year guidance. They're forecasting 70 to 75 cents per earnings per share this year, when the analysts were looking for 60 cents. Meanwhile, this remains a promising roll-up strategy. It's got this regional and national expansion, which I love, but I don't want you to take it from me. I want to go to Dylan Lissetti. He's the CEO of Utz Brands to learn more about the quarter and what's next. Mr. Lissette, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, happy uh, 16 years of Mad Money, Jim. Oh, thank you, Dylan. Thank you very much. I, I was you know, listening to your conference call and, and going over things, and I said, are people going to understand that not everything is a pantry stock, and you know when you don't have a pantry stock but you have a growth stock, when they bother to give guidance because, therefore, they have a secular growth trend. The fact that you did that showed not bravery but a roadmap. Am I asking? A roadmap that you're following that works no matter what. Yeah, I mean, Jim, uh, we've talked about it before on the show. And, um, you know, I've been at this for 25 years. The company is having its 100-year anniversary. We've been growing uh, continuously and contiguously, state by state, geography by geography, for decades. And so we believe in our brands uh, across the different channels that we serve, all the white space opportunity that we have. We can layer on the M&A. I think, you know, since we were last together in, uh, in November, we also have acquired the Vintners brand in Chicago. We're already rolling our power brand products from Utz Quality Foods, you know, the Utz brand into that marketplace. So we just, you know, look forward into the, uh, the rest of the year, 2021. We see the opportunity for that true organic growth. Uh, and so that's why we were able to put together our forecasts. There was some spectacular number of new buyers. And then I have to tell you, I while I think I always know this industry, this repeat rate metric seemed to be really a great way to analyze us. Yeah, we were actually, it's funny, we had a call this morning with about 200 of our manufacturing associates and we were going through that. And that was one of the metrics that I shared with them. The fact that we have a repeat rate of 70% it's a tribute to the fact that we know how to make great tasting quality snacks. And that's why once we get them into the hands of customers and consumers, they're coming back and buying them again and again. And so it's a, it's a, it's a true story, you know, a state and true story to just our quality. The consumers love it. They keep coming back. If we keep doing what we've been doing for a very long time and we're very good at it, I think it'll continue. Now, I have always been a fan of, of PepsiCo for many years because of Frito-Lay, and they have a better-for-you uh, segment, and they've got great stuff. But when it comes to something, thank you for sending it to us, that is better for you, that is better tasting, these bolder products and good health, positively snackable products, I think you've got some real winners. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a different movement, um, you know, in the industry for people who want to have that choice between having something that's made foundationally with better, you know, product attributes like the avocado oil that's a that's in the Boulder Canyon potato chips. And that brand, uh, you know, we bought that brand in 2017, and we're long-term thinkers. It took 2018 with some renovation, with some product quality attributes, with some branding. And now in 2020, uh, the brand grew 40% and, and continues to grow. We've got a lot of excitement around those Better For You brands. Is that the kind of thing that you're using, uh, VaynerX, Gary Vaynerchuk, that you're using their terrific social media advertising, which is a far better way to reach those uh, potential users than big Super Bowl ads? Yeah, we're doing, I mean, that's what we love about it. We're doing about 60% more into that social media and e-commerce media, digital media. And what we love about it, besides the fact that we're working with a great group uh, in the Sasha group, which is part of Vayner, uh, is the fact that you can, you know, you, you really are able to turn on a dime. And so they test and test and test and they uh, pursue what works. So if, if some sort of a uh, angle of attack on reaching our customers for one brand or another brand works, they're able to very quickly lean in behind it. And that's the beauty. I think that's the future of, uh, of social and digital media, as opposed to sort of, you know, doing one commercial and, and running it for a year and realizing it didn't really give you what you needed. So we're putting a lot of money there uh, as we go forward into 2021. It's about a 60% increase. But as we look beyond that, we're going to be putting even more in. Yeah, I felt that uh, when I think about the new the three million new buyers of us products, they're not getting it. Uh, these are cord cutters. They don't know anything about these TV ads, but they know where you know where they are. And then I also just want people to know this is no longer a small company. You're pretty large force now in what is the fastest growing category, which is the total of uh, the, the salty snack group. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, over $1.3 billion in retail sales. Uh, you know, I'm very proud. I started at Oats in 1995. We had $109 million of net sales that year. Our retail sales this year will be over $1.3 billion. Uh, it's a great company. We have wonderful brands. And we just have a lot of different opportunities that we look forward into the future. Uh, we can grow those brands and we can bring, you know, more of these uh, brands to uh, the rest of America with all that white space in geography and in channels. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're the third largest salty snack platform today, but we're probably not far from becoming number two. Well, I'm sure all the shareholders have been in since the stock was 13 when we just kept saying, look, this is not a SPAC, it's a company. We didn't want it to be called a SPAC. We wanted it to be a company. And you sure have delivered. That's Dylan Lissett, CEO of Utz Brands. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, sir. Right. There are so many SPACs that are out there, and there's so few companies that started with SPACs and real companies merging together to bring talent and finance. And that's why Utz is such a good stock and will remain that way. Man, money's back after the break. Could this AI lending platform that's up more than 100% after earnings have a leg up on the competition? Kramer's got the CEO of Upstart next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, what's this? What the heck just happened to the stock of Upstart? That's an artificial intelligence-powered lending platform that's seen in stock, get this, more than double in the last two days. You might have missed this moment. It came public at 20 bucks three months ago. By mid-February, it had climbed to the triple digits. Then all the high-flying growth stocks sold off, taking this one back down to 60 this Wednesday. And that's when Upstart reported its first quarter right out of the gate as a publicly traded company. It was a quarter so spectacular that it practically sent the stock into orbit. And it should have. Upstart delivered accelerating revenue volume up 57% year-over-year, much better than expected revenue up 39%, seven cents of earnings. Street was only looking for a break-even. More important, management gave us magnificent guidance. Their forecasts for the current quarter were downright breathtaking. And for the full year, they're talking about $500 million in revenue. And the street consensus was about $350 million. And that's how a stock jumps nearly 90% in one day, then tacked on another 9% today. Spectacular move. So uh, we got to take a close look at this thing with Dave Girard. He's the co-founder and CEO of Upstart to figure out how the heck this happened. Mr. Girard, welcome back to Mad Money. Congratulations on an incredible quarter. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. All right. So I think, Dave, people didn't understand your model. I, I saw you and said, this could be like some of these Chinese fin tech companies where they have 26 million users overnight and then it doubles. The fact is, is that Upstart is on a path that no other lending company has ever been on this country because of AI, isn't it? Yeah, we're really one of the first, uh, certainly in the U.S., to apply AI to the problem of lending, which is just an enormous market opportunity and obviously a very cutting edge um, modern technology that, that can do a lot of good. And before I even get to this new acquisition and how good the quarter was, I want to say up front that you guys have thought all about the uh, possibilities of people being left behind by AI. Before you even address the profits, you thought about this to be sure that people aren't, aren't disenfranchised, correct? Yeah, we founded the company nine years ago really to improve access to credit. So the idea of being fair and being inclusive was sort of ingrained in us in the very beginning. And we test our platform. In fact, we test every applicant and every loan for fairness and to make sure there is not bias. And we, we, we share the results of those tests every quarter with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So that, that notion of fairness and inclusiveness is very central to who we are. Right. And, and by the way, just so people know, there's no, this is not a company that has credit risk. But at the same time, you care tremendously about your credits, and they turn out to be pretty darn good. 
Yeah, we're, we're not a lender ourselves. We partner with banks who want to have better, more effective, more inclusive, and more profitable consumer lending offerings. And uh, that means we don't take on credit risk ourselves. We provide the technology to these banks for fees. So we're a fairly simple fee-based uh, business. But of course, we want our banks to perform. We want their businesses to be successful. So we care a lot about the accuracy of our models. And that's very central to our success as well. And one of the things you just did, you bought an outfit called Prodigy Software. I, I had the misfortune not to go with my daughter to, to buy a car. And I wanted her to do what my father said to me, which is, you got to establish a credit, a, 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 show your record. Now, this is very old-fashioned. People don't even do this anymore. But I'm still that ilk. And it was the friction of getting a car loan is awful, okay? What does Prodigy do to make it better? Well, you know, the, the problem of, of a car loan is it's just a, a piece of the problem. I mean, less than 1% of Americans actually like the process of buying a car. So there's so many aspects of it that are fundamentally broken. We looked for a company uh, and found Prodigy who was really solving the core problem of how dealers sell cars and how consumers want to buy cars. And with the idea that, um, you know, providing our, our loans, our, our sort of AI-enabled lending into that environment is really important, but it could only really work if we can clean up and fix the whole process. If someone might buy a car online, they might go do a test drive in the dealer, they might do both. And um, we, Prodigy Plus Upstart is really an opportunity to fix the car buying process as well as the car financing process. All right, well, you are also known for your fabulous partners and partner wins, which is the best. It's kind of like when you talk about a visa, they want partner wins. But one of the partnerships you have is with one of our absolute favorite companies, and we came at it from the point of view of being clients, uh, Intuit and Credit Karma. This seems like a natural marriage between Upstart and Intuit. Yeah, you know, uh, Credit Karma has been a partner for many years and is part of Intuit, who was independently a partner of ours. But, you know, they're really doing a lot of consumer good, just giving people free access to their credit scores, helping them manage their personal finances, and then helping them, when it makes sense, direct them to people like us who can provide financing alternatives that are much better than they can find elsewhere. So we've kind of merged together as co-leaders in adjacent spaces and just really important partners to each other we expect for a long time to come. You know, one of the things, that, a group that we've, they, and share with Jay Powell, thank heavens, because he's turning out to be a pretty amazing Fed chief. Hispanics, underbanked, Hispanics, uh, incredible, good credit, but just not being part of what is the mosaic of America the way they should be. You are doing a Spanish language version of Upstart. That's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, I mean, it seems obvious at first blush, right? You know, retailers will have signs in Spanish and a, a restaurant will give you a Spanish language version of a menu. So it seems so obvious. Why why isn't it there? But, you know, in lending, it's it's actually complicated. You, you can't just do part of the puzzle. You have to do your marketing in Spanish, all your content, your disclosures, your loan agreements. But it's really unfortunate that there aren't really good online digital lending offers to the Spanish-speaking community, you know, taking out a loan is a big deal to someone. You really want to make sure you get it all right. You know what responsibility you're taking on. So we think it's part of inclusiveness to make our product available in the language that consumers want to speak. And I bet that uh, community is going to turn out to be one that flocks to you because it's a uh, fast growing. Uh, and, and I think from what I can tell from from the companies that have that have worked in that community, it's just a fabulous community to affiliate itself with. And it's underbanked. It's underserved. And it's going to be yours. Absolutely. 
it's a win-win. It's an amazing opportunity for us as a company, but we can really serve a community that has been sadly underserved by financial institutions and, and, and by the fintech world, frankly, as well. Uh, and one last thing I think every people, people should know, you do not come out of the traditional banking world. Maybe that's why you're such a breath, in, breath you know, such a breath of fresh air. Uh, you guys have a computer science background, basically, correct? Yeah, I didn't come from banking or financial services or lending at all. So we kind of started with that naivete of the beginner, but the learner's mind. And it's enabled us to do some things that I think, you know, most banks wouldn't have tried to do themselves. Well, it's working. Uh, we're still, I know this is going to sound strange, viewers, but we're in such early innings that even though you may think you've missed Upstart, you really have it. This is very, very early on in this company's growth. Dave Gerard, so great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jim. Dave George, co-founder and CEO of Upstart. Again, I'm going to say it. I know that the stock doubled this week. I am telling you, it is not done. This is the kind of stock, the early fintech, you're going to look back and say, why didn't I buy it? Oh, yeah, it already moved. It hasn't. Not yet. Mad Money's back in for the break. Coming up, can a cloud company be the key to a successful COVID vaccine rollout? Why Twilio can help you get jabbed and do the job for your portfolio. Next. After a month of vicious selling, well, we're still very interested in the high-flying tech stocks. A lot of them have come down. A lot of them come down very, very much, including one of our absolute favorites, Twilio. That's that cloud-based communications platform that's let app developers connect with their customers. After a spectacular run last year, Twilio reported another phenomenal quarter a month ago. Uh, but they, the very next day, announced a billion-dollar secondary offering. The stock's been hammered since then. But you know what? That's just crazy. In the end, what's happened is Wall Street has turned against growth. So you know what we got to do? I think we got to look at what this company really does and use an unbelievable metaphor to find out about it. I'm talking about how Twilio is helping get America vaccinated faster along the way, helping the world get vaccinated faster. Now, while Twilio has rebounded somewhat over the past couple weeks, the stock's still down more than 20% from its highs. Is it enough of a discount? Well, maybe it would be if you actually understand what Twilio does. And many people I talk to still don't get it. So we've got a great opportunity to talk about Twilio and the vaccine. And I think a lot of things are going to come clear about this company. So let's check in with Jeff Lawson. He's the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Twilio. Get a better read on how his company's doing and this amazing vaccine. Vaccine program, one of the many things that Jeff Lawson is involved in to help people who are disenfranchised. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be back. Well, Jeff, I think that this is one of those moments where a lot of people tell me, Jim, you're so enamored of Twilio. I know you talk about how they run Lyft and they do this and I've used them before, whatever. You know what? Let's take it another way. Let's use an amazing initiative that you're doing, which is to have one billion people receive COVID-19 communications powered by Twilio. Maybe we can walk through what Twilio really does and then how great it's doing with this initiative. Absolutely, Jim. Well, Twilio is a platform. We allow software developers building the wide variety of applications you interact with every day to be able to communicate with users around the world. And they can do it with voice communications, text messaging, WhatsApp, messenger, email, video, you name it. Basically, any form of digital customer engagement developers and the companies they work for, they're building those on top of Twilio. In fact, we have over 220,000 active customers on Twilio today. And one of the interesting things 
is that it's not just for-profit corporations who use Twilio, obviously, to create those experiences like, you know, your 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 Lyft driver or the uh, your food's getting delivered or right. your, your flight notifications or any of those things. But nonprofits and NGOs also use Twilio because there are so many cases uh, during all the time when the right communication at the right moment can change a life. And that's why we started Twilio.org. And before our IPO, we committed 1% of the equity of our company to fund Twilio.org and to enable our product to be used by all these amazing nonprofits and NGOs around the world. And during the pandemic, obviously those needs have been heightened. Mm -hmm. There's new problems that need to get solved. And the newest of those is getting the world vaccinated. And so we've been partnering with a lot of organizations, whether it's governments or NGOs, who are figuring out how to get the world vaccinated. And the interesting part of that problem is that a lot of people have focused on how do you get vaccines out to people? And we've heard about the refrigeration and all this kind of stuff. But the other hard part here is how do you get people to the vaccine? And that's where Twilio has been used by so many organizations. Well, let's use North Carolina because we happen to have had uh, Darius Adam check in and Dave Tepper, who's someone I know is my old boss at Goldman. They decided they couldn't take it anymore. They were going to take matters in their own hands and try to get people who were normally t- did not know, Jeff. Maybe they didn't know how to use a computer. Maybe they didn't understand and weren't wealthy enough to have someone who's uh, learned computer science. This, this melding of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services with those people would not have occurred without Twilio. Exactly. With Twilio, uh, governments and, and other bodies, they can use text messaging and other channels like WhatsApp to reach people to both educate them about the vaccine, let them know that it's safe, let them know when it's available for them, let them know the benefits, not just to society, but to themselves of getting vaccinated, but then also coordinate the really complex logistics, right? So you've got to schedule an appointment. You have to remind people to show up for that appointment. You have to remind them to get the second shot for most of those vaccines, right? There's a lot of logistics and education involved. And you can't assume that people are going to, you know, either go to the website or know how to use the website. And in much of the world, in fact, 40% of the world's population doesn't even have internet access, but they have phones right. and they have messaging capabilities. No, and that's why Twilio is so, is so able to reach the world's population uh, for this particular initiative. Well, this is important because one of the things that you stand for, and it's not just one, 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 but you stand for directly, is democratization. And I think all of us have started to see that there's two classes even when it comes to the vaccine. There's the wealthy people or the people who are very good at their computer. And then there's the other people who just say, you know what, it's too hard. And this thing only works if we all take it. So what Twilio's doing is creating the herd immunity that's going to make it so that our vaccines work. Well, there's certainly an ethical argument for vaccinating mm-hmm. every human being for their own health and safety. And there's also the communal benefit from us vaccinating the entire human population. And again, it's not a matter of like our country is vaccinated, but the rest of the world doesn't have to be. If Outbreaks occur anywhere in the world. It puts us all at risk because new variants arise that are, um, you know, that we don't have immunities for. And so really it is a humanitarian, ethical and pragmatic effort to get everyone in the world vaccinated so that the world can move on from this pandemic. So you're taking it from basically what is for many people, for billions of people, word of mouth into something that is almost like, look, gospel, you got a phone. You can find out where you can get vaccinated. 
Yep. And, and work with all the organizations around the world who are trying to get the word out, get those logistics figured out and get people to the vaccine. And we're, you know, we're excited. We, we set an internal goal of helping a billion people get vaccinated this year. We've set aside millions of dollars in, in product and grants uh, to enable those organizations, as well as uh, thousands of hours of employee time, uh, volunteering time that our employees have stood up to volunteer, whether it's building or whether even getting out in the field. Our employees also want to do their part. Well, we always say on Mad Money that business is the greatest source of social change, and it's business people like you, Jeff Lawson and Twilio, for doing things that the governments just can't do. But that's all right. We can. Jeff Lawson, Chairman and CEO of Twilio, a good guy and a great stock. Mad Money's back after the break. Just chill out. Chill man is in the house. Chill man be king. The chill man is in the house. He's happy. The lightning round is coming up when Mad Money returns. It is time! Oh, it's time for the lightning round! Put some records, one another, the cities, and bye bye bye, And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round! Let's start with David in Florida. David! Hey, Jim, honored to be on with you. Uh, I thought before the stock tanked that Cigna has roared back from 6 to 60. Hold it or cut my loss. You gotta hold it because she didn't throw so she's got, she's got the game plan. And it is working. You do not want to get rid of that one, man. That company is just now on its right footing. Congratulations to her. Got a good e-commerce division, too. Let's go to Gary, Massachusetts. Gary. Hi, Jim. Good Friday, and thanks for everything you do. Of course. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for saying that. Sure. Uh, In the entertainment area, what do you think about symbol L-Y-V, Live Nation Entertainment. I don't want to bet against Michael Rapino, even though I do believe that uh, you know it's run a lot, of, it's run up a lot in anticipation of everybody being vaccinated. But Rapino's the real deal. I wish he'd come back on the show. He used to That's love being on the show. I don't know. I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm a kind man. I'm a good man. Let's go to Ray in Nevada. Ray. Booyah, 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 booyah. Ray. Uh-huh. Las Vegas. I was, I was questioning about Mara, M A R A. See if it was a good place for me. I mean, look, it sounds great, uh, Marathon Digital, but here's the problem. How about the fact that it has almost no revenues? How about the fact that it keeps losing money? Why don't you, if you like crypto mining, go buy the company that makes the Ethereum cards. Go buy NVIDIA. Now we go to John in Georgia. John. Jimmy Chill. Yo. Hey, I tell all the college students I drive to and from the bars to watch you if they want to learn about stocks. There you go. You know that? Yeah, man, you're the one. Uh, Thank you. My question is Boeing, and what does the flight path look like on the historic Oh, my God, listen to me about Boeing. Do you know that nothing good has happened whatsoever, and the stock's moved up 100 points, and we on a fraction alerts. This is the ultimate opening of the economy play. And by the way, yes, Chinese orders will matter, and I like the fact that they're frosty on the outside. I think they're probably warmer on the inside. Remember, President Trump was was positive on the outside. Remember his great friend Xi? Well, where the heck did that go? So I believe China orders will be coming in Boeing's direction. I say continue to buy. I need Anthony in New York. Anthony. Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. What's going on? I want to ask you about managing H-E-E-N. You're managing. Man, I don't know you're managing. My bad. You, yeah, my bad. I do not know the company that is you manage it. Let's go to Bill in Virginia. Bill. 
Hey, Jim, this is Bill from Colonial Beach, Virginia. Bill, you got chill. What's up? Okay, I love the show. You and your staff keep it fresh, you keep it fun, and you keep They're it brilliant. informative. Staff is brilliant. Got the be company a lot of I'm calling today. about went public last week and since then had an early lockup expiration of some 34 million shares. What are your thoughts on coupon ticker CP? Oh, man. Eek. Korean e-commerce. Uh, all I can tell you is this is going to be a, a, one of those companies. It's going to be a wild rider. It's great for speculation, but not more. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, why the vaccine rollout may not be enough to get back to normal. And Kramer's got a must-see take on what you can do about it. Next. All right, so what's the point of getting the vaccine if it doesn't change what you're allowed to do? That's all I could think when I listened to this this testy exchange yesterday between Dr. Tony Fauci, whom I revere, and Senator Rand Paul about whether you should keep wearing a mask once you're fully vaccinated. Listen to this. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I I totally disagree with you. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Fauci's right about the science here. But listen, throughout this whole pandemic, he's been invaluable. And, And sure, he hasn't been right about everything. I mean, it's a novel disease we never saw before. But he's always done his best under the circumstances, even when it got him in trouble with the previous administration. But while I'm sure Fauci's right on the merits, and I still wear a mask even after I have proudly been fully vaccinated, I did find myself somewhat (laughs) kind of nutty, but sympathizing with Senator Paul here for one simple reason. It's a bad idea to downplay the effectiveness of the vaccine. And unless we can say, you know what, your life will change in good ways with it, including maybe getting rid of the mask one day, maybe it just won't be enough to to get people to take the darn thing. I mean, how are we supposed to reach herd immunity if our public health officials keep giving people reasons not to get vaccinated? Now, look, if I were a king, I'd make everyone get the jab or else, like the polio vaccine when I was a little boy. But since we live in a free country, we have to settle for persuasion and maybe some nonviolent coercion. Millions of Americans are reluctant to get vaccinated. So maybe we don't seem to understand at the government level. We got to start giving people some incentives. Look at this. CNBC's commissioned this incredible poll of small business employers. And only 22 percent are requiring their employees to get the shot. 42% 42% say they don't require it. Among companies with more than 50 workers, 19% say they require the vaccine. 29% say they don't. 45% are, are unsure. <laughs> unsure what? I mean, so if businesses won't force you to get it and your employer isn't going to make you do it and the government won't incentivize it with cold, hard cash, I think we're actually setting ourselves up for failure. At this point, we're spending too much time taking people's temperatures or administering expensive but slow tests and not enough time insisting that everyone get vaccinated because we've created a reverse incentive system. Take entertainment. We're allowing people to get together in giant stadiums, casinos, without any testing whatsoever. I mean, that's at odds with trying to get everyone vaccinated, isn't it? 
Meanwhile, get this, the cruise lines are willing to open their ships up to everyone who can prove they've been vaccinated, not tested, but vaccinated. Well, of course, vaccinating the entire crew. And guess what? The CDC is saying absolutely not. Hard stop now. So I keep coming back to the Fauci Pollock's interchange. If you won't let people go back to normal once they've gotten the vaccine and your boss isn't forcing you to get the shot, then I bet most of the fence sitters will say, what is the point? I mean, no one likes needles anyway. Look, the Biden administration has done a ton of heavy lifting on the vaccine front and needs to be applauded. Just today, we delivered our 100 million dose and we should hit 200 million by the end of April. But we need to keep that momentum going. And that means giving people more of an incentive to get the darned injection. We can't tell people that nothing changes. And that's why it would make so much more sense for the CDC to give the cruise lines their blessing next week on this great plan to let people sail only once they're fully vaccinated. It could set off a cascade of companies that embrace a no vaccine, no service policy. And that's just one example. I'm willing to get creative here. Maybe the IRS can say that you won't get your full tax refund without proof of vaccination. Right now, though, I worry that in two months we'll have two. We're going to have a lot more vaccines than arms to jab. There are too many people who are reluctant to take the needle, and we're not giving them enough reason to get off the fence, as you saw from that CNBC set of polls. We just need to throw a few more tangible benefits at them beyond just not getting sick, because apparently, strangely, crazily, that's not enough. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'm going to see you Monday. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.